And so here we are, we're finding ourselves in this gap between our upcoming series that is going to begin in two Sundays that is going to be called Between the Trees. And basically, it is the story of God and His mission and how He became God incarnate, how He became a man and came to earth to die on the cross for our sins. And so I want you to, uh, I want you to be praying about that series right now. It's going to be a little different. I'm going to do it in the form of, of kind of a conversation. And so I want you to be thinking about that series as we move through it. I'm not going to offer an invitation after each and every one of those messages because I'm going to let some tension hang there at the end of a few of them. Okay, as we as we work through those and then we're going to work towards something in the end as we we think about what it means to live between the trees. And so I want you to be praying for that. I also want you to invite someone every single Sunday of May. Okay, can we commit to that? Yes, I want you to invite someone every single Sunday of May. Now, here's the thing, too. Don't invite somebody who is a member of another church. That does not count, okay? We'll revoke your coffee that morning, okay? We will revoke your coffee if you invite somebody that goes to another church. I want you to invite somebody. Here's the specifications. I want you to invite someone who either does not go to church or who is not a Christian, okay? That's the, that's the people that we want to really target, think about, pray about throughout this series as we talk about Between the Trees. So you've got two weeks before that begins, so be thinking about it, be praying about who you want to invite, just uh, see who kind of comes to the surface as you begin praying about it. Chances are good that you already know somebody in your life that, that you would like to see uh, come and, 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 and give their life to Jesus. And so that's where we are, uh, coming up in two weeks. So in the meantime, what I thought we would do is pick up where the story kind of left off last week. Because I think a lot of times we spend all this time talking about the resurrection on Easter and then we just sort of move on to something else when the story, it doesn't end there. In fact, the story continues. And so for the next two weeks, that's what, uh, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to look at what took place right in the sort of immediate aftermath, month, month and a half after the crucifixion after the ascension of Jesus. And so that's where we'll be today and then, and then next week. Waiting is not easy. I am especially not good at waiting for certain things. Okay, I don't like to wait in line. I don't like to wait in traffic. Okay, I don't like to wait for something that I have ordered. Okay, I just don't like to wait, okay? I am the person that in the grocery store, when I come pulling up, I'm checking my options out way before I get there, okay? As I turn one aisle down to another, I'm looking to see which aisle, which, which checkout lane is moving the fastest, okay? As I come up there, I am also the person who is constantly scanning, and if another register opens up, I'm going to try to get in it, okay? I am that person because I don't like to wait, okay? I'm the person that sometimes when I'm driving along, if we're on like a, like a four-lane highway out here, 
okay, and uh, we're coming up, and I'm looking at who's in front of me. There's a red light. I am going to determine, based on the car, I'm going to determine, based on where they stopped at the light, which person I need to get behind, because I think they're going to get out of the way quicker. You ever done that? If I come up behind somebody and they're stopped way short of the line, I kind of go around that person. Okay, in fact, I'm sort of thinking, I wonder if I can just squeeze in there in front of them, just take that, that space they've left open, okay? Because waiting for me is a struggle, okay? Anybody else have that problem? Oh, thank God, because I was really concerned that was just going to be me. Waiting is, I mean, it's not, it is not easy. You know, and I've, I've had to wait on things. You know, I had to, a, a few years ago when I picked the guitar up, and here's my guitar right here, uh, I had to wait to purchase this guitar. Uh, I had to save some money. And it wasn't like I had to wait long. I had to wait like two months, but for those two months, it was like, ah, oh, it's taking forever, you know. Or if I order something that I'm, I'm wanting to work on, you know, I, I have to wait. Uh, and those are, those are trivial things. Okay, those are things that don't really matter in the huge scope of things and in the, in the importance of life. And, you know, I end up wasting a lot of energy on those things that is, is really pointless. Okay, but there are other things that are, are not trivial, that are, are very serious. Like if you're waiting to hear about a job that you've applied for, okay, especially if the money is running out that you have, Okay, and there's a job you're waiting on, and you're kind of hoping those things will overlap a little bit. Because if they don't overlap a little bit, you've still got bills, and you've still got things that you've got to take care of. But if the money runs out before you have a job and another check coming in, that can be a little stressful, can it not? And so it's tough to wait during times like that. Or if you're waiting on an answer to something, or, or from, from someone, if you're waiting on a, on a check, or if you've had some test results run because maybe there's been some abnormalities or you haven't been feeling quite well, to have to wait on those results can be very, very tough. And I, I don't know why, but it always seems like when you have a test like uh, uh, for, your, for your health, it always seems like they schedule those on Friday and you have to wait till like at least Tuesday before you get the answer back. Have you ever noticed that? And you have to wait all weekend long and and you know that works on you does it not yeah it works on you okay it's not easy or it's difficult to wait when 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 something very serious happens um maybe something happens to your family and and you're a long way from them or you live out of town or whatever and you think okay i need to go there i need to rush there right now and they say well, just wait just wait till we know more okay just wait before you head this way wait before you leave you know, that's, that's difficult, and you feel helpless, and you don't know what to do, right? Or, you know, like with the weather, when the weather is bad. I think back a few weeks ago when we had all that terrible weather, and we were trying to decide whether to cancel services or not. We had to wait, okay, and trying to figure that out, okay? It's, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do to have to wait, you know? And it's not something... It's not something that we're altogether good at. I mean, you look around at the world that we live in now, okay? Our world is designed to keep us from having to wait on anything. We have high-speed internet, okay? 
Our kids have no idea what dial-up is. It would freak them out if they heard that noise. Remember that connection noise that you used to hear when you do dial-up internet? More than that, you know, most of us remember, you know what the internet was for us as kids? It was called the library. You know? Yeah, we didn't have instant access to information. We had to actually go somewhere. We had to actually pull those things off shelves called books. And we had to read them. We had to turn pages and actually write out stuff. Okay? But our world is designed for us not to have to wait. I mean, we have, no, we, we like to eat, right? One person likes to eat? Come on. I do not believe that. We like to eat, right? Yes. Okay. But we don't like to wait on food, so we created fast food. Did we not? That we can have in our car. Okay, our, our, our vehicles anticipate those needs. Okay, because we have cup holders. All right, so I mean, it's, we're, we're in a hurry. We don't like to wait on things. The, the regular oven that cooks our food wasn't fast enough, so some genius came up with the microwave oven. Okay, and I have seen people stand in front of the microwave watching it count down going, come on, as if that's going to speed it up. Okay, uh, we, we love music, yes? We love books. We love movies. We don't have to wait to get those things anymore once they come out. You remember when you used to have to wait and go to a store? Okay, I remember when I was a kid, we had a, this just local record store. It's called Turtles Records, okay? And if I wanted a, well, it would have been a cassette when I was a kid because CDs weren't in vogue yet and eight tracks were, we didn't have those. Those were, those were already gone, but cassettes were the big deal when I was a kid. So, um, and if you ever had a cassette and you've seen the thing with the pencil on Facebook, you know exactly what that's about. You know? Good deal. I'm glad you know that. That's, uh, that's, that's nostalgic. But I remember having to walk two turtles from my house to go and get whatever music it was that I wanted to listen to. Okay, and then it took like 15 minutes to get into the wrapper before you could open it. So there was this waiting. But now, something comes out, what do we do? I mean, you know I literally can sit here and order a book, a movie, uh, or music while I'm preaching. You realize that? I mean, I can do it. All I have to do is open up, and I've got an Amazon right there. Okay? And I literally could order all of us stuff right here. While I'm doing this, okay? Um, the Gospel of Matthew, that sounds good. Anybody want that? I mean, I can order it right now while I'm up here, okay? We don't like to wait. And it's just there. It's instant, okay? I open up Kindle on my phone, Kindle, and, you know, I've got books right here. Books that I read for pleasure, but mostly books that I read for school. You know, and they're just, they're right there i don't have to wait and if i really don't want to wait i can download an audio version of that book and i can listen to it as i'm driving to get my food that i will later put in a microwave to reheat as i swerve around you in line okay because i don't like to wait and we don't like to wait and we're not good at it and God help us if we ever tell our kids too early that we're going to Disney World. 
Have you ever made that mistake? Or tell them you're going to get ice cream or mention Dairy Queen. You might not even be going there, but you just happen to let Dairy Queen slip or say, hey, I passed so-and-so at Dairy Queen today. And our kids are like, hey, Dairy Queen, let's go. You know, having trying to convince them to wait, especially if it's like you're going on a trip or going to somebody's house or somewhere that they want to go, trying to get them to wait is next to impossible. Because waiting isn't easy. And in our fast-paced, gotta have it right now, instant gratification society, waiting makes no sense whatsoever. Imagine what it must have been like when Jesus told his apostles in the midst of a life or death situation, wait. Don't go anywhere. Of the four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Luke is the only one that continued the story. Now, John wrote some other things. You know, we've got three letters from him. And, of course, he has kind of, he's given us a little bit of the end of the story, the book of, of Revelation. But Luke is the only one who sort of picked up right where his gospel ended. And just like his gospel, his book of Acts, or the Acts of the Apostles, it is addressed to Theophilus. Now, maybe that was a real person. Maybe it wasn't. Theophilus means God lover. Okay, so it's possible that he is writing to this person who happens to have this name of God lover, and he is explaining or telling the story of Jesus. Or it might be that he's just kind of writing this in general. Hey, you God lovers, here is this story. But what he says is, hey, in my first book, Theophilus, God lover, I wrote about everything that Jesus began to do. Everything that, that Jesus began to say until he was taken up. Talked about the things that, that, that he did, the orders that he gave through the Holy Spirit to the apostles. And after he suffered, he presented himself alive. And he gave many convincing proofs to the people, appearing to them for this, this period of, of 40 days. And while he was doing that, he was talking about the kingdom of God. And he says, here's a little bit more of the story. Here's what happened after that. In verse 4 of chapter 1, Luke writes, while he was together with them, the apostles, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. Now I want you to think with me what that must have been like for those guys. To hear from their master, Jesus, we, you need to wait. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to do anything you need to sit right where you are in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, for these guys, was the most dangerous place on the entire earth. Because what has just happened 
40 days earlier. Their master was killed, was beaten alive, and then hung on a cross to die. And if they killed him, why can't they kill them? Yet they have something. They have this message that is so important that Jesus told them, I want you to take this message and I want you to go into the entire world. I want you to tell the whole world about me. And I want you to make disciples. In other words, I want you to make them my followers. You teach them about me. You make them my followers. I want you to baptize them into my name. And I want you to go throughout the entire world to do this. They have a message that the world desperately needs to hear, yet right here Jesus tells them, wait. Don't go anywhere. Wait. Stay in Jerusalem. Now, I I think about this story, and I think if that were me, if I was in that situation, if I was following somebody and my leader was killed, but I still believed in the cause and I still wanted to, to spread it, I think I would probably be looking for a different location to begin. I'd say, hey, let's go out a little bit. Let's go somewhere else where maybe it's not as politically and religiously charged. Let's move out where there's not going to be as much hostility. There's not going to be as much hatred and as much vitriol. But Jesus says, I don't want you to do that. I want you to stay right here in Jerusalem. I want you to wait. I don't want you to go anywhere. Stay Stay in Jerusalem. We wonder why. Why would Jesus tell them to wait? Well, it's true they do have this important message, but they're missing something else. He said, I want you to wait for the Father's promise. This is what you heard from me. For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You see, the reason why Jesus tells them to wait, the reason why Jesus tells them don't go anywhere, is because they don't have what's coming yet. They don't have the upgrade that they need in their lives, and that is God's Holy Spirit. Okay, and Jesus told them the Holy Spirit was coming. You go into the the Gospel of John, you go into chapter 14, and Jesus is promising that one is coming, this, this, this counselor, this helper. This one that it's going to be better for, it, for him to come and for me to go away because he's going to help you accomplish your mission. Jesus has been telling them all along that the Holy Spirit is coming and now it's getting close to time. And he says, but I don't want you to begin telling this story yet. I want you to sit here and wait. Wait on the Holy Spirit to arrive. Verse 6 says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, at this time are you restoring the kingdom to Israel? You see, throughout his ministry, they had this grand expectation that Jesus, as Messiah, was going to be the king, but not the king in the way that we think of Jesus as king, 
king as in everybody thought about a king. The way that all people thought of a king. That he was uh, uh, going to rule over mankind on earth. That he was going to set up this kingdom. And that these guys were now going to be the power brokers. And they were going to get rid of Rome. And they were going to be in charge. Jesus has been killed. He's been buried. He's been resurrected. He's appeared to them. And yet they still don't understand his mission. All the things that he told them, all the hints that he dropped, all the direct statements he made about his mission, and they still don't, they still don't get it. It's because they don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have the capacity to grasp this yet. So we think about, you know, who it is, who is it that, that Jesus tells to wait? Well, it's the apostles. You think about Thomas. Thomas, who had post-resurrection doubt. Okay? Jesus is returned from the grave, and Thomas doesn't believe. He says, I'm not going to believe until I see him, until I see the nail scars, until I see where his side was pierced. I'm not going to believe in Jesus, that he is back until then. Of course, Jesus appears, presents himself. Thomas' response is to fall to his knees and say, my Lord and my God. Then you've got James and John, the brothers, the sons of Zebedee. Or Boanerges, sons of thunder, all these different names, which basically means their daddy probably had a bit of a temper. Okay? He's thunder, and they're the sons of thunder. And it's demonstrated in their life. Because one time they went to this town, and nobody wanted to listen to them. Nobody wanted to listen to Jesus, and they tap him on the shoulder and say, Hey, we got a good idea. Why don't we just call down fire from heaven and torch everybody out? That'll show. That, you talk about some real redemptive ministry right there. Let's just torch everybody out who doesn't want to listen. Praise God. And you can just sort of see Jesus. It's not, no, no. <laughs> no. Sit down before you hurt somebody. And then there's Peter. Peter, who is the leader, he's the mouthpiece, he talks a lot. He talks over his feet because they're in his mouth a lot of times. Peter, who's going to go on to do incredible things, he's going to become a, one of the leaders in the, in the early church. He's really going to feature well in our story next week. But Peter, who received one of the greatest um, praises from Jesus in the same story, receives the sharpest rebuke that anybody in the Bible receives when Peter pulls Jesus aside and says, hey, Jesus, you need to quit talking about how you're going to die because that's not how Messiah goes down. He's the king, the boss, the honcho. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Peter is also told to wait. 
These are the guys who are told to wait, and you think about their exploits. And yeah, they did some good things before the resurrection, but it's almost like Jesus was holding their hand. But now Jesus is going to go away, and so they need somebody else to help them. And he said somebody's coming, but you've got to wait. You've got to wait on the Father's promise, and it is the Holy Spirit. Now then, watch this. Verse 8, this is it right here. This is our kind of our thrust of this whole message. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want you to wait for the Father's promise. And when that happens, when that promise is fulfilled, you will receive power. Power. That word is dunamis. That's a good word, isn't it? Say that with me. Dunamis. One more time. Dunamis. Doesn't that just feel good to say dunamis? Swear we, yes, dunamis. That's where we get our English word for dynamite. Or the way JJ would say it, dynamite. That's where that word comes from. It's, it's dunamis, and it means power. Okay, And so what they're saying, or what Jesus is telling them, is when this promise happens, when it reveals itself, you are going to receive dunamis, power, from on high. And then you will be my witnesses, and you'll go from Jerusalem to Samaria to Judea to all the ends of the earth carrying this message. And that's, you know, if you read the book of Acts, that's exactly the way it happened it started in jerusalem and then the persecution hit and the people were dispersed the diaspora where the church was scattered and god took advantage of that and he sent the message out from jerusalem and the first place it went was samaria judea to the ends of the earth Paul began to carry that message. The other apostles began to carry that message to the reaches of the world. And the reason we sit here today is because of what took place then. You realize that? Because of that power, because of that dunamis, we sit here today. We have that message today. I think we fail to recognize how important and how powerful a moment this is. You see, this power that they would receive it's the power for them to perform miracles. And we know that they do that. We see them performing miracles. In fact, it is so powerful at one time that Peter's shadow just passes over somebody and that person's healed. That's some pretty good power, is it not? Now then, I don't think we receive that kind of power. The power for miracles, I'm not going to say we don't because I'm certainly not one to tell God what he can and cannot and will and will not do, that usually does not work out well. Okay? I mean, it just, that's not a good idea. God can do whatever he wants to do. He's in charge. But in my life, I've not received the power, the dunamis to perform miracles, but what I have received is the power for moral excellence. Not moral perfection, because I'm still human, and I still sin, but I've received the power for moral excellence, which means I can 
live the way God wants me to live. I can say the things that God wants me to say and do the things that God wants me to do. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have been baptized and the Holy Spirit has come to dwell in you, then you have that same power. But you know what that means? That means no more can we say the devil made me do it. Because the devil doesn't make us do anything. But when we choose not to access the power that is within us, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. But if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have access to the power of self-control, of peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, love, joy, all of those things. We have access to them. And we have the ability or we have the gift to experience, appreciate, live into those manifestations. That's what happened when God sent His Holy Spirit. He says they would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on them and you will be my witnesses. And you know, I think the natural, I think that should be a natural outflow of receiving the Holy Spirit. That we should naturally become witnesses of what God has done in us. Of the power of Christ in our lives. Well, then you have the ascension, and Jesus is taken up to heaven before their, their watching eyes. And then you drop down to verse 12, and it says, They, the apostles, they returned to where? Jerusalem. You know what that means? It means they listened to what Jesus said. If we could just do that, right? I mean, if we could just listen. Just listen. Remember God saying something about listen to him at the Transfigurate. This is my son, whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. You got some good stuff to say? They actually listened to Jesus and they went back to Jerusalem. They were at the Mount of Olives. Now they come back to Jerusalem. This was when they arrived, they went to the room upstairs, what we call the upper room, where they were staying. Here's who was there in the room Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus. Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. Now that's not Judas, Judas Iscariot. He's already taken his life 40 days earlier. And it said that all of these were continually united in prayer along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So you have the remaining 11. You have several others. You have men and women praying together in concert. But you know what they're still doing? They're still waiting. And they're going to go into a season of prayer that is going to last for 10 days. Now they've been told it's coming. Now they actually have to wait. Okay? Now the really difficult part is sitting and waiting. Okay? And so they do what I think is probably the best thing to do when we have to wait on something. They begin to pray. 
They begin to talk to God about what is going on in their lives. And they begin to pray. They could have gone out right away. They could have started telling people, but I believe they would have failed in that message. Now then, they might have had some success. But they would have been doing it without the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but when I try to do good things without reliance upon the Holy Spirit, those good things don't usually turn out so good. You know what I'm saying? Here's the deal. This Holy Spirit thing, it's not a one-time shot. It's not a you get filled and you're filled forever kind of thing. Ephesians 5, it talks about that. Don't get drunk on the Holy Spirit, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. The way that reads in the language is continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to continually allow ourselves to be filled with the Spirit. In what is it, Acts chapter 6, when they go to choose uh, deacons, servants, to help lead the church, they want to choose people who are known to be filled with the Spirit, meaning you might be a believer, but you might not always be filled and operating under the Spirit's influence. Okay, so because we've had it once doesn't mean we're operating under the Spirit for all times. You with me? We have to choose to allow ourselves to be continually influenced by God's Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Okay. And when I choose to do things without God's influence, without that Spirit, it does not turn out the way it could. It might have some success, but it's not going to have the success that I think God wants it to had I just waited on Him. Okay, had I, I prepared myself and prayed and allowed the, the Spirit time to work in my own life. And that's the same for you. And I think it's the same for them, that they could have had some success. They had the message. They knew what to do. They even knew the plan, like the action steps. But they didn't have the power. They didn't have the dunamis. And so I think the best thing they did during their period of waiting was to go to God and pray. Which I think for us, the same thing applies. When we enter a period of waiting, a season of testing, a season of, of difficulty or doubt or struggle or whatever it might be, it is so easy to try to rush things, to try to fix things, to try to advance an agenda on our own. But I think we can take a lesson from the apostles. And when we're facing those situations, I think the best advice is simply this. Wait and pray for a better way. Does that make sense? Wait and pray for a better way. And I think God will reveal that to us. That there is a better way to go about doing things. But it's not easy to wait, is it? It's, I mean, it's just not. It is not easy to wait. Waiting on God is never 
easy. It requires patience. It requires courage. It requires prayer. It requires faith. But in the end, I think it yields a better way. And fortunately, if we have the Holy Spirit, we have access to patience. We have access to peace in the midst of a storm when we're trying to wait on something. We have access to love someone when we're waiting on how they're going to respond or how we are going to respond. We have access to a spirit when we're trying and we're wrestling and we need self-control to wait, to not do something, to not say something, to not make a foolish decision. There's a song that says, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. That's what these guys were doing. They're going to enter this period of prayer for 10 days, and the next week as we pick up this story, something incredible is going to happen. So the message to us, the word to us this morning is this. Wait and pray for a better 